Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Conti Fitness. Get the best in personal and online training and coaching, where you will find monthly online unlimited yoga packages, run training, play yoga, motivational speaking, and more. If that's not all, find out how to get the newest facial exercise program and manual. Let's face it together. Go to ContiFitness.net to find out more. High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with online health coaching sessions with High Five Health and Fitness. Also brought to you by Revolution Running. Join world-renowned Dr. Jason Karp for a workshop or certification near you. Author of Run Your Fat Off, Inner Runner, and so many more books. That's R-E-V-O-2-L-U-T-I-O-N, running.com. Also brought to you by 361 Degrees. For the best in athletic footwear and apparel, go one degree beyond with 361 Degrees. For codes and promos, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. <laughs> and a microphone. We are where it's at. That was that was perfect, Christine. Thank you. You're I welcome. was just coached by my um, <laughs> by my technical coach, and she followed orders. It was perfect. He was like, "Stop talking too soon. You're jumping the mic." Perfect like, execution. Just talked in my head. I followed it. Just nervous. take a deep breath. <sighs> deep breath off of episode forty-five with Greg Cook. Uh huh. What'd you think, Brian? He was great. He was great. He was yeah. awesome. Yeah, Greg is was uh, was a good dude you know we have so, great surprises don't we yeah that was a surprise not a surprise that you know no, that, yeah. that people out there don't have cool things going on but he was just someone who like you know like we had said we don't really we didn't have any personal relationship with him he's a friend of a friend and and uh and he came through big it was a great show i think everyone's been coming through yeah big. people are people are cool we just want to hear from them. and if you're on the show you're you're pretty darn cool i think that's how it works. I, I mean, I like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, pretty, I'm pretty cool. So if you haven't listened to Greg Cook, you need to go check that out. That was episode 45. And he is just coming out with some really amazing things. I'm actually looking back, so I don't want to mess this up. Um, he's launching Deep Health Evolution. That's .com is uh-huh. the website. Um, doing retreats with his wife, Fatima. Um, and has worked with Equinox for a long time and just has been, you know, really big in the fitness industry, um, with urban rebounding and Schwinn and literally on and on. But for him, he's really coming out. He said a blueprint for a lifestyle, which is just the coolest thing because I think all of our listeners really, what do we need to get healthy? We need some sort of blueprint. We're not going to tell you what to do, but we're going to give you some guidelines and then you're going to figure it out. You're going to put your personal touches on it to make it unique to you. And it's all about those lifestyle modifications. I mean, that's how I work with my health, health coaching that I do is, is that, you know, I mean, I've said it on the show before we can exercise and eat kale until we're green in the face. You know, we can exercise seven days a week and, 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 you know, lift heavier. There's always something more to be done. Um, but it's kind of those other, those ancillary, uh, you know, things that we can do in our, in our lives, those lifestyle modifications, you know, how, you know, if you're, if you're hot headed, that's not very good, you know, and if you're, uh, you know, if you don't sleep very well, that's not very good. And, you know, and if, you know, the thought of, 
you know, sitting in traffic is enough to make your blood boil. That's not very good. You know, like there's, there's health in that. There's unhealthiness in that. And I think that Greg is, is really his blueprint that he's, you know, working with people on is, is those other areas of health that, you know, are probably more important than doing the actual physical workouts or the nutrition. And, you know, they're, it's all important. It's all important. It's equally important. That was a great lead in, Brian, because we need to talk about the episode you're going to hear today, which is episode 46. We are four episodes away from 50, by the way. Episode 46 talks exactly about that because we not only value fitness and health, like you said, you can have a great diet, you can exercise and be, you know, great physical shape. But if you're mentally exhausted and stressed out and unhappy, well, you're living a pretty crappy life. With right. all of those other things. I mean, you may look great on the outside, but your inside may be falling apart. Yeah. And that's all health. I mean, that is what this is about. Fitness is not just about how fast you can run or how much weight you can pick up, but how mentally healthy are you? And you are going to hear a podcast today where actually Gregory Andres came in to our studio, sat down with us. And this is going to blow you away. It's an amazing story. um, I mean, even the story how, you know, Two Fit Crazies got kind of introduced to him. And, you know, the universe sometimes puts people in front of you. I think that um, for some reason there's there's a calling. And I think, you know, Gregory's going to talk about this. Some of our guests have talked about this in the past. And even Brian and I have, you know, kind of taken paths in our lives where, it doesn't seem to make sense to anyone else. It might not make sense even to us yet. There's some, we're feeling like we're p- being pulled in a direction for some way. Like you should be talking to this person or you walk into a room and you're just, I need to say hi to them and you're not really sure why. Yeah. Um, same thing here. And Gregory Andrus just launched his new book called portraits of the Jersey shore And I'm just going to read you this real fast. It says in his book, um, Gregory Andrus, coming from a past of alcoholism, depression, and homelessness, had a dramatic near-death experience. Okay. Gregory Andrus actually had a pretty, I'm going to say it's pretty shitty life growing up, um, you know, from abuse and whatnot. And was in like a a rock band and just had some, you know, crazy things. A punk Punk band. band. Yeah. And, um, Sicker than others was the name of it. Oh my gosh! It's like Such a classic. Name. It's awesome. Um, but he actually wound up, um, and he'll tell the story. But he got shot in the head, <laughs> and freaking lived to tell. Like amazing. Everyone told him that he should not have survived, and it was a miracle over and over and over again. And he literally has been reborn. Yes. And everything he's gone through, he's going to actually. You know, he, he did actually share a lot of his story um, and share how that affected him. And and again, like we talk about physical health. I mean, if you're mentally not there, who, who cares about your body if you don't have your mind intact? And and this story is really powerful. So it's it's super powerful. It was amazing. I spent half the interview with my jaw on the floor because it was just, you know, like eye-opening wow and talk about a calling and you know and doing what he does now it's it's really an amazing thing and i urge you to check you know bobby listen to the interview and check out the book check out his facebook page portraits of the jersey shore uh and his instagram page because it is really amazing like heart felt you know just full-on stories of anonymous people that 
you know, will really change the way you think about things and, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, for the better. It's amazing. It's um, the one thing I'm going to mention to everyone as we get into this is that his plight in life, I think, is is the most important thing that you're going to take away from this. So as you listen, um, you're going to hear the story of why he feels it's his mission to prove to other people that they matter. Yeah. And if, you know, if you're listening to us, I think that's something that we really feel is important that we want you to know that you matter. Every life in this world matters, no matter what you're going through, no matter what, you know, hardships and you know, we all get kicked in the stomach. We all get pushed down, but you need to know that you matter in your lowest point in your life. You matter. Yeah. And, and just the context of way he explains it in his own words as to, you know, what even you matter means. Right. Right. And, uh, it's, it's really amazing. So please put down whatever you're doing and give this a listen. My goodness gracious. This is a good one. Uh, episode 46, two fit crazies and a microphone with Gregory Andrus. Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are to Fit Crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Always. Yeah. It's been sunny, right? You told me. Oh my god. Like a whole different person. I love it. I love it. Brian. I got my summertime brown work. Just walked in and he might be a different ethnicity today. I almost didn't recognize him. So it looks like he's been in vacation or on vacation in Mexico. I don't know where this. Dark, dark tan came from, but the Jersey Shore for well, Riddleway Beach, Manasquan, New Jersey. Holy, born and raised. Holy moly! Well, that's pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm a little bit behind, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. See what happens. You know, training hard, working hard. I'll tell you in a couple of weeks when I get on the beach. <laughs> I'm gonna roll myself on the beach. I might be broken by then, but we're not sure. We got. You're in like the teens until Iron Man. I know this podcast will drop next week, but I'm on day, I'm 16 days away from death right now. By the time you guys hear this, you'll, you know, it'll be like 10 days or eight, you know. And My son days. was like, mommy, you got like two weeks and like two days, right? And I'm like, okay, can you also, after you told me that, get me the bag? Cause I'm going to start <laughs> breathing in it right now. And I may or may not throw up from the night that. You know, not to my stomach. Let but, me ask you this. If you can do the Iron Man tomorrow, would you? My legs are tired right now no, from but the I training. Mean, just all things considered. Let's just like do if it. it. Like if the gun went off tomorrow, like, you know, that would be... Because to me, We're like, good. Well, I'm leading up to the big events and the races and the things that I train for and the things that I like really, really... I need a couple days of rest I'm like, sleep, I just need this race to be now. I'm not going to get any fitter. You know, I just want it to be over. I just want to go. Summer will not begin until this race ends. Right. So enough. I can't even have a summer <laughs> until July 23rd. Is where I'm at. It's all summer in your world. Oh, right. Sunshine, rainbows. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So speaking, right. of, speaking of sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns, 
I'm super pumped for podcasts. What are we up to? 46. 46. 46. And um, who you hear cheering, actually, super positive, super amazing, the Gregory Andrews. Am I saying your name right? You nailed it. I love it. Um, I am so excited to have you here with us today because, you know, Brian and I started out, I was saying this before, we started out our podcast and we're like, we're going to, we're fitness and, you know, nutrition and wellness. I mean, that's our wheelhouse. And over the last almost year since we kind of thought about episode 46, I mean, it's been pretty crazy and and a pretty awesome journey. And from when we started and and just kind of throwing ideas around of we want to inspire the world. We want to give people ideas about how to be more healthy. And the two of us always work with, you know, fitness, nutrition, and we, and we do work with the mind because, you know, really it's about your body and your mind that give you that whole health. And over the last year, we started realizing that there's more to this. And the more we talked about, you know, the onion and peeling the layers away, the more people we brought on the podcast that were from the fitness industry and nutrition and have products, it wasn't about the products anymore. It was about the person. And it didn't matter anymore whether you were the founder of a fitness industry or, you know, fitness company, or you were an artist or, or anything because it was about the story. And the story is what brings about your wellness and your health. And I don't know, Brian. I mean, yeah, you have to. You know, it it can bring about your health, your health, your health, and your wellness, and all those things. And it can also prevent you from having health and wellness and things. It's kind of the, it's the key to everything. It's the foundation. It's you know, what yeah. are you thinking? What are you doing? Yeah. And uh, hearing people's stories is is you know it's inspiring and it's also you know you learn what not to do sometimes and that's a good thing too and that's your whole thing gregory is yeah. people's stories so tell us introduce yourself and tell us what you do and yeah. and and your whole in your line and your photography and everything go for it thank you i uh i'm really honored to be here with you too uh, you guys are firecrackers i love it <laughs> you know you're like fourth of july and july 6th you know it's great <laughs> I'm, uh, well, thank you i really uh just appreciate it and and um you know, I'm I'm a person that I really, I'll just say right now, like I don't like talking about myself too much. So when people are like, "What about you?" I'm like, I'm much more comfortable talking to people and just listening to their stories. So, um, your story is so fascinating, though, uh, that yeah. it has to be told, and that's why. I'll and I'll and I'll tell everyone right now that Gregory and I, I think the universe sometimes just throws people. At each other. I went to a coffee shop and I was supposed to do some work and I see this book with literally my friend on the cover of it and a, and a bicycle. It says Portraits of the Jersey Shore. Everyone has a story. And of course, I did not do work. I spent the next 25 minutes reading this book and looking through and I'm like, this is fascinating. And I go to the, you know, I'm actually, you know, doing some writing and I was looking for a publisher. So I'm like looking through to see who you used and flip back and I was like, wow, this guy's um, like, this is fascinating what he did and and then just so happens you're doing a book and I text my, my friend. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're on the cover of a book. And I, I, you know, I definitely want to connect with Gregory. And she's like, um, you're at the coffee shop and he's doing a signing there in a couple hours. I'm like, what? Okay. All right. This is just too, this is just too weird. So 
tell me right now, you wrote a book. So tell us about this book first. Yeah. So, um, it, it began when I went out with my camera after being really encouraged by several friends. Um, after I just started doing photography, I, I had never done it before in my life until about four years ago. Um, when, uh, someone had anonymously sent me a camera, um, when I was going through a tough period of my life. And, um, Obviously, for me, it was a sign from God, like, start taking pictures. And so I just started taking these pictures, and my friends were like, you're really good. Go meet some people. Do what Humans of New York is doing, but do it for the shore. Yeah. And the second – I went to Manasquan Reservoir because I was there with my family. I was like, well, you know what? I'll just do this with my family. You know, the boys will be playing in the playground, and my wife will be whatever, and I'll just meet a couple people. The second person I met was actually um, – he was a Muslim imam with his family in at the reservoir, and – I was just talking to him like we're talking now and recording the interview. And I just said to him, what does it mean to grow up in this country? Or, what does it mean to you to live in this country mm-hmm. and he, with your family? And, and what do you want people to know? And he said, you know what? We're people just like everybody else. He said, I have my boys going to Boy Scouts because I want all of the neighborhood kids to know that they're just like everybody else. And that, you know that was basically the gist of the story, but then I was like, "Wait a minute! Like I have a an opportunity to take this man's story and put it on Facebook and Instagram and help to dispel the myths mm-hmm. and and the stereotypes and all these things that come across our faces so often of animosity from people and so forth, and to be like, this is a human being who's raising human beings to try to make a difference in this world." And I was like, "Wow, this is this is something I can really do something special with." And I've been doing it now. It'll be three years. It's October. Uh, it's August twenty fourth, um, and it's been an incredible blessing. The, the vast array of different people, and I really, truly am convinced that every single person has a story, and every single person, every single story is as unique as every single person is unique. And um, that's that's what it's about. And every single story is sacred, has value because every person is sacred and has value. And that's that's what I roll with. That's what I go with. And it's and it's a connection to these people, you know. It's I feel that it's definitely, you know, I, when I read your stories or the other the people stories that you post, really, um, when I read them, I I'm empathetic to them. You know, I can I can relate to them, and if I can't relate to them, I can, uh, you know, understand that you know maybe it's something that. Um, you know, other people will be going through. So just like, you know, just like you said, I don't know that man, but I know people like that man and, and I can have a a good understanding. And the stories are, there's just so many different angles. Like sometimes I'm reading something on your page and I'm like, wow, I didn't really see that coming or I would never imagine somebody having that type of, of struggle. Um, one girl in particular, she had, uh, um, some sort of, uh, Something at birth that she, something happened to her chin, right? Lymphatic malformation. Yeah, that's what it's called. and you know, and she's brave enough to you know have her picture taken and tell her story, and I can read it, and I'm like, you know, that that's fantastic. And she told you know her story from how it you know led to eating disorders, and it's just like really in depth stuff. Yeah. That as a health coach and what I do with my personal training is. You know, it can't just be like, all right, here, do this exercise and everything. You know, so like, like no, like it has yeah. to. I have to turn my insides out and kind of let them come in and let them be open to telling their story. How do you get people to 
really tell the story, you know, impromptu, like really without thinking about it and just yeah. coming with it and getting those nuggets and the information and everything precisely like that. I, I really believe that every single person that I come across is a friend waiting to be met. I really believe that. Like that young lady with the lymphatic malformation, I, I hope I got it right because I'm, I'm sure she's going to be listening to this when it comes out. Um, like when I saw her, I was like, I want to, I want to know her. Are I you drawn understand. to people? Is I that- am. I really am. And and she was one of the most beautiful people I've ever met in my life. It's a beautiful picture. I just, I just think, and thank you. And and she, she is extraordinarily beautiful. And I just like, just like my 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 whole being just like fell in love with her. And I was just like, like she's a sister to me now, you know. And um, and that's what I want to do. I want to capture the intrinsic value and beauty that's in every person that I meet because <clears throat> I I am keenly honed in on the fact that every person has that, that possesses that. So when I go up to somebody, most often it's when they're alone. And if they're walking or they're just engaged, maybe on their phone or something like that, I'll just say, hi, my name is Gregory. I have a page called Portraits of the Jersey Shore where I interview people and share their stories online. Would you have a couple minutes to talk? And 70 to 75% of them say yes. I mean, the vast majority of them say yes. And I'll just ask three questions. What are you most excited about in life right now? just to kind of get like a baseline what it has been one of the most exciting or happiest moments of your life and what has been one of the most difficult moments of your life and that's it three same questions every single person and the vast array of different answers that people give and some you know i mean look there's more than one person who's going to say i've had an addiction but everyone has had a different story how they got there how they deal with it what they're struggling with so i'm not trying to just like paint a broad stroke i'm trying to pull out one color and try to get you know uh, entire textures out of that color, and try to get like fabrics out of that color. Try to get like a whole entire um, composition based on a particular color. And um, so, a lot of times in our own lives, like your story about getting the start and stuff like that, you had the story, but then there's like maybe something pulled out of that. Like, like for example, in Boston's where you met each other. What were you thinking about when you were running? What were you thinking about when you met her? Like, you know, what was going on in your mind? That's what I would want to know. You know, so um, that's that's what I do. I want to get down to the psychology behind it, the intrinsic. There's something deeper going on here. Let's get to that. You know, so yeah. So when did you feel that you had this? I guess this drawing to people. You were drawn to people to to find their stories. What what led you to that? To wanting to know? Because not not everyone would do what you're doing. I mean, you're really stepping out of your comfort zone, coming up to complete strangers, pretty much, and. And asking them about personal things, seeing yeah. if they're opening up. Yeah. Uh, this is where I guess we can talk about my story because of what I've experienced in my life um, and where I've come to the other side. I've, I've made that – I was able to punch through that darkness to the light. And when I realized I was given a second chance at life – I realized I have a gift to offer other people by giving them the dignity of just asking them what's, what's going on in your life. And just, it is a gift to be able just to ask people just to share, to listen. Cause we live in a world where people don't listen anymore, where people don't take the time to get to know each other anymore. Everything's fired off from the phone, you know, and people are just like so quick to t- fire off their opinions. And no, rarely do you ever ask, have to see somebody to say, so how was your day? Right. And I have people say to me, <clears throat> that was like therapy. Or I've shared things with you I have never even shared with people in my own family because no one asked. You know, um, And this thing now, we all possess that ability. 
to ask, how are you? You know, what's been going on in your life, you know? Um, but we get so caught up in the everyday that we lose the actual aspect that we're all human beings trying to make in this world. And we're all this together. But unfortunately, we are having a society that's fragmenting more and more because we see each other as identity politics. And this is that kind of a person. They're over here and they're over there. And I look at it as like, man, no, we're all individuals together as a community trying to get ahead in life, trying to make it in life, trying to – we're all hoping that we, that we matter, that someone cares. That's the, that's the underlying theme of every single – you go through that, per, that book and every single person in that book, all 700-plus people I've interviewed – they have this intrinsic, this 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 deep hope that they matter. Right. We all want to know that we matter. We all want to know that somebody cares about us. And that's it. It's amazing. So let's go back. Yeah. And let's go back. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Edison. Well, it's, it's a long... I, I was in Scotch Plains until I was six. My family moved to Edison. So from when I was seven until 18, I was in Edison... Uh, the worst years of my life. Um, my father, who I love very much today, so I just want to make sure that's in there. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he was extremely violent. Um, I was, I'm was i a very sensitive person, naturally. So with his violence, um, <clears throat> it scarred me really bad. Um, plus, I was extremely hyperactive, which when I was growing up, it was just seen as a problem. Right. You know, and the teachers hated me. The kids hated me. I was just, I was getting it from home, from school, from the neighborhood. I had no safe space anywhere until I um, discovered alcohol. And I was able to numb it. 13 years old, I'm drinking. I'm going out every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night with kids in our teens. And I'm just like, where's the booze? I would find out where they would hide them and then just like take some for myself when they weren't looking. Um, By the time I was 16, I was in a rehab for a month because I was um, slicing my wrists. And I... um, because I was drunk and they prescribed rehab to prevent me from hurting myself. And then by the time I was 18, I was kicked out of my father's house just after I graduated. 20, I was homeless, um, working, homeless, and drinking all the time. Mm-hmm. I just could not deal with my life. I, I, I My expectations of myself were just at zero. You know, all I, I didn't know what I was living for. I, I, I didn't know why I was alive. <clears throat> Fear of death is what kept me from hurting myself uh, mortally. And then that was my 20s. Uh, I wound up joining a punk band, which gave me some sense of worth, but it was a very angry, violent kind of thing that was going on in my life. I was a very angry person, a very angry person. Um, I was expressing outward all the things that were inflicted upon me. And I wasn't very. Ni- I was very, was not a very nice person. Seems and, like what you said about trying to let people know that they matter. Yeah, that you weren't getting that. No, and you mattered. Yeah, but you didn't feel it. No, no. In, in fact, um, I really regret the way I used to live my life back then. Um, and not that I really did anything horrible to people, but. Um, I wasn't a very nice person. I was very selfish. You know, I was just trying to absorb as much attention as I could get, um, excuse me, as um, often as I could to help me to feel better and um, about myself. But it was very shallow. It was very short-lived until the next, like, you know, I'll go out and play concerts. So that was like, oh, look at I'm playing in front of, you know, hundreds of people and like, I have value, you know, but then I'll go out and get drunk and do something really stupid and suddenly my value level dropped. And finally, by, when I was 28 years old, I mean, it's just, it's just constantly, you know, going in and out of homelessness and, and institutions for mental illness and alcoholism and, and, and trying to hurt myself. And 
28 years old, I was outside of a party having a cigarette. It was a Rutgers graduation uh, party and with some friends. And there was a police chase at a street on a street adjacent to us on Townsend Street. I was living in New Brunswick during the time. And um, there was a really bad crash. And I started going down the street towards the crash. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. So it was really dark just to see if everybody was okay. This huge guy turns the corner, comes at me, flies past me, and just keeps running. The cop who was chasing him comes, turns the corner, and starts running up towards me, fires some bullets. And the next thing I know, I'm coming to, and there's this searing, god-awful pain in the back of my head. And my whole torso is sticky, my hands, my face, people crying and screaming. And that's when I, when I realized I was shot in the head. And I was laying there in the street, bleeding to death, and there was no way out. And I was just, I remember to this day, this is what my life comes to. This is, this is my whole life when I really hoped I would somehow have a breakthrough and make something of my life. Because when I was a kid, I always wanted to know that I mattered, like you said, and that I was going to make it, I was going to become somebody famous. I was going to do something good with my life. And I never got there. I never got there. And I was laying in the street with the bullet in the back of my head, bleeding to death. And I was like, that's it. This is how it ends. What a freaking joke, you know? Um, but I survived. The doctor who spared my life looked at me in the eyes and said, you're a miracle. And that's for the first time in my life, the light went on. Well, if I'm, I'm a miracle, then there has to be a God. And if there's a God, then maybe there is something to this whole thing after all. So I spent the whole year trying to figure this out, figure out who this God was. Now, I'm going to go down something here real quick and be very brief because I, I, I respect people. And I'm never going to try to come across in a way that's – well, for me, I found Jesus because all these other religions were telling me and all these other faiths and stuff like that that if I can get my act together, mm-hmm. I can make it to God. And I knew I couldn't. I knew I was desperate. I could not get my shit together. Right. But how Jesus, he just did it all there on the cross and then like he did it. I just like basically he just pulls me up and I'm just walking with him. And I start looking at the way he like he went after to love the lepers and the women who are adulteresses and the people that were marginalized. That everybody made fun of and wanted nothing to do with. He, those are the people he went for. And it was the people who were sitting there trying to make up all these rules and obligations. To everybody he was the ones he had ridiculed and was just like, no, that's not the way these people need to be treated, you know, and that resonated with me. Because I was that marginalized person. And it was like, oh my gosh, like that that's how God feels about me? That's amazing. So that's when I realized I mattered. Finally, 29 years old. Holy shit, I matter. You know? Right, like, right. <laughs> holy, the emphasis, shit. You know? Like, right, right. You know? Um, but 29 like, years, wow. I mean, you, you did matter, but you didn't know it. And yeah. that's what's insane. Yeah. And that's what... Like, you know, when, when you talk about the stories in the book and the going up to people and the people that are literally other people would ostracize and they would yeah. be, you know, really, they're the lepers or the, you know, someone who's got a deformity or someone who mm-hmm. looks a different way or a different religion. Or just came out of jail. Or, right. You know, oh, like, yeah. There's it's, all these stories. They're just like, you know. so powerful because, again, if you talk, I, again, I was a teacher and I always, I grew up very, relig- I grew up religious. My, yeah. you know, n- 
not that I was like a not, you know, but, um, I was exposed to religion and, you know, religion I think is, has an important place, whether you choose to believe in like the Bible or not, it is a book of morals and ethics and, you know, literally stories when I would teach it in public school, Hey guys, this doesn't have to be your religion, but look at the morals and the ethics of what's going on. You know, you're judging other people. How are you treating people? You want to be loved, love others. And I think it's powerful that, you know, that you said that, that, that was that line in the, literally that line in the sand in your life where you didn't feel that you mattered. And now it's that epiphany of like, like you said, it's like a miracle and you were not, you know, you were not well, you were not healthy. And I don't care if we're talking about fitness or nutrition. This is about the mind. Yeah. And that is powerful stuff it all starts with the mind holy jeez you don't take care of the mind the body the you know the physical and mental you know state of yourself i think this is so powerful for people to hear this story because again brian i work with people who are like we just want to lose weight we've done everything well no you haven't because there's something there's a part of something whether you know are you being are you being abused are you being talked down to are you super stressed what is it in your life that's i've not met people who young people who are being absolutely just destroyed at home who go to the gym to burn it all off to get away to get out of that what they're experiencing at home because they they don't want to do drugs thank god but they have to get something out right. of their system what they was experiencing at home um and I thank God for physical fitness and that, that there is that option, a healthy option to do it, you know? Um, but her mind, or I'm, just, I'm thinking one, someone yeah. specifically, you know, it's just, it's just being destroyed at home and, 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 and it's, just, it's just like, oh my gosh, you know? So it, it, the mind has to be protected or it has to be engaged in something that's really positive and beautiful. And for me, that's grace. So you talk about rules and regulations. I agree with you. There are some, but that's not the way I look at my faith. I look at my faith as – I. I I, I, I don't deserve this second chance of life, but I was given it. That's, that's grace. It's emotion. I want it to be that wave of grace that flows from God through me to everybody I meet. I want them to all know that there is a God that loves them desperately and that they matter to him. That's it. It's th- that simple. I look at like the fact that we are all here on earth and we all – Make mistakes. It's not because of the rules and regulations because we're not following them. Yeah, we no one gets the rules and regulations right and stuff like that. But God's given us a way through that by looking at the grace He gave us to Jesus, and that's that's what it is. The relationship is not the rules and regulations, and that's what the school systems, that's what our judicial system, that's what everything gets messed up. You're not obeying the rules. You're mm-hmm. you're an idiot. You know, like you you know, like yeah. you should be penalized. That's not the way I roll. That's not the way I, the God I know rolls. You know what I'm saying? Like you flow through that grace, and you love God, you love your neighbor, man. You're walking in it. That's that's what that's what Jesus said. The two the rules are: love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Boom. You got those two. You're in it. You're walking in that, and that's how I live. Did you grow up being religious at nope. all? Nope. No. Not until not until I was 29 years old. So no church, no temple, time. no nothing. No, 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 no. I mean, so, we went. My, I went with my grandparents like on Christmas Eve, like everybody does, whatever you know, like that kind of thing. You know, like, like you, you know, what I'm saying you're that's faking it. it. Yeah. You know, like okay. I, didn't, I didn't know. You know, I just know I was going to get presents when I got home. You know, like you know. And so, how did you get? I mean, how did you get to that point? I mean, it's I not, did a lot of reading. I did a lot okay. of research. Um, so oh, now, okay. now yeah, you're yeah. in the hospital, right? Yeah. Okay, so take us back to here. So you're in the hospital now, and you're like. 
holy shit. Yeah. Like we said, yeah. don't put the holy in it because my mom would be like, don't you <laughs> yeah, use yeah, yeah, God's yeah, name yeah, yeah, in pain. I used to get held out. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sorry, mom. Yeah. Those are the um, rules though. I, I, right. Oh, I, I'm yes. sorry. Yes. <laughs> I roll so much in grace. I say things I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but so now, I mean, you're, you're sitting here and you're like, this is obviously, I think a lot of us have things in life that happen to us. Um, and again, I, I always throw myself under the bus at this point. Um, I got diagnosed with a sickness and people say sometimes to me like, oh, oh, we're so sorry. And I said, don't be sorry. Getting sick was the best thing, not best, but best thing that's ever happened to me because I have, yep. I can see the world differently now. Yep. I can see, you know, oh my gosh, if, if this is, if this is what may happen where yes. I need to celebrate each day of health. Yep makes you see things in a whole different way. You lose people close to you. You go through near death experiences. I feel like there's something to that, that, you know, you're, you're put in these positions and whether it is that you believe in God or you believe you're just spiritual person that there's something that maybe you now share or something is, is speaking through you. How did you feel? find that was it and i just want to say that is a gift that you've been given the fact that you realize that there are many people walking in this earth that don't see that the turning point in their lives to be like wow you've been given a second chance that gift that is a gift that you see that like you've had this to be able to say that that was one of the best things ever happened to you exactly that's fantastic many people do not have those opportunities or are not able to see situations like that in their own lives because when i was in that hospital i was given this new life uh, for me, I was just like, "Oh wow, it's like, scary. I, I, I get a chance to do it over again." Like, like I'm starting over. You, you this entire thing. It was scary because I didn't want to blow it. Right. I didn't want to mess it's a it lot up. Of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> a bullet, dude. You know, yeah. like you know I'm saying, yeah. like we're, we're not talking now like what? you know, like, <laughs> like, I was go? choking on a hot dog at a barbecue. Right, you know? So where did it go? Tell. I mean, our listeners are yeah. going to be fascinated by yeah. like you. It was funny. I was talking to Brian last week, or was it last or a couple of days ago? And I was like, hey, "Gregory Andrus is coming in here." I was like, "He's like, I'm not even a curse, but like, it was a good conversation." I'm like, "This is that's it's pretty I, I, amazing. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Like, you literally held your middle fingers up to everyone out there, and we're like, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. That's." Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, my, my punk rock rebellion became I, my uh, following Jesus rebellion. You know, like isn't it was that, just like isn't that the know? way though? Yeah. Like, is aren't those the pieces to the puzzle? Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, we just touched on it. I tell Christine, and it's something that we've talked about on the podcast all the time, is that I am so grateful for the beatings that I've taken yeah. because they've you know allowed me to just like you allowed us to help people better and allowed us to you know they've created the, the, the canvas of us yeah and i grew up crazy too you know my father yeah. passed away when i was 12 i'm a recovering alcoholic i don't talk about that too much on here but you know it's like the, the story and like those are the things that allow me to hear what other people are saying and say okay what are, you know really what is it and you know what talk to me more especially in like the fitness and wellness stuff yeah. we're I mean, all broken we, oh god yeah. shit yeah, yeah exactly and it's kind of like you know i always tease my kids i'm like you're gonna have to try really hard to get one over on the old man because like <laughs> Um, You've like, done it. I, like, I, like you're gonna. Have We've to done try. all of it. We, yeah, like really, really. We've hard. tried all of it. My boys yes. are always like, "Daddy, how did you know we're yeah. in trouble?" Because I've already tried that. Okay, my dad caught me. I've, I've learned. You know. Like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like, you know, you better whatever. I, I hope that uh, you know that that they 
do things the right way, but you know, they're boys and they'll get into whatever. But, uh, you know, it's those things and it's, and it's the pieces to the puzzle that make us strong today and, and doing what we do to help yeah. other people. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you're doing. And that is the gift that you can see that, you know, like, like when I go out there, how many people cannot see what they have experienced that has beaten them? That they've struggled with or that they're escaping from, they haven't been able to have that awakening yet. Right. That, that, that eureka, that, that transformative moment that turned the corner for them, they're not there yet. And for me, like, I'm not out there to raise my religion, try to like wave that flag. That's not what I'm out there for. Right. That's not what I do. Um, what I'm out there for is just to hug people, mm-hmm. tell them I love them, and that they matter. That's what I'm there for. You know, sometimes I'll share my story with those people who are struggling. Mm-hmm. This is where I am today because of this, because of what I went through. But, but what I want every single person to know is that they freaking matter, man. You yeah. know, and there are people walking, a lot of people walking around there that don't get it. You read this book, you'd be like, wow, like you look at every single story in here, hundred stories in here, every single one of those people were told that they matter and that they got a hug from me. You know, I mean, it just, it's just because it's that, it's that physical, Transactions taking place. I mean, I'm talking. There's a guy in there who has AIDS. Come here, man. Give me a big hug. Yeah. You know, people who are like literally have not bathed in weeks because they're you know just out there in the streets. Just like I gotta hug them. I can't not hug people. Right. My friends tease me about it all the time. No, you know, I got a I got a hug when Gregory walked in. <laughs> so what's up, bro? I was down. I'm down. I'll hug you. <laughs> you know? And 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 it's just like it's just like for me that's just it's that humanness. And I don't think enough people really get the chance to experience that anymore. I didn't get those hugs when I was growing up. So it's almost like I don't ever want to run into somebody and not hug them because that may be the first time they've had, they've had a hug in weeks or Years. maybe even longer. Yeah. You know? And if nothing more, a smile. Same thing. You, you know, know? Just being told that they're loved. After, even after some of the stories they told me, I love you. You know, yeah. like you're not alone. You know? I mean, because I have my stuff. We all have our stuff, you know? And that we don't sit there and air it out in our laundry. You know, but the the fact of the matter is, though, is that we're all here. You've been given this platform. You have this podcast. I've been given this platform. I have a page. I have a book now. And it's just to let's bring out that positive energy into this world that desperately needs it. That's why I came on here. I love what you two are doing. I really do. I was listening to your stuff. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, like there's joy in this room. Like it's just it's just like. That's what this world needs more of. It needs more of that kind of, you know, blowing up out there on the airways, blowing up out there on our social media, you know, just like because there's enough of that crap out there, enough of the people who are hitting each other so hard because you think differently than this person who thinks differently than this person. Man, you know, like seriously, can we just stop? Can we get back to the basics again? Like we're we're all one tribe. Sure. We're all human beings. Let's get back to the you know that basic of just like we all need each other so we can survive together so we can get through it with each other, you know? Let's all win. Let's all succeed. Yeah. I mean, not like at field day where everyone gets a ribbon. Like I no. still think there should be like a first, second, third well, place like for a, the yeah, shot you know, put. No. However, yeah. with that said, right. you know, it's it's still well, it's you not know, like if I get more, you can't have any. Right. You know? It's like we can all love more and give it and and that's how we feel good about ourselves. And you and know some people I, are gonna get ahead. Some people are gonna be left behind, but how about if that person who gets ahead, reaches back, it's like you're not out there by yourself. Right. I'm going to pull you along up here with me because you don't need to be alone out there. You know, last week we talked a little bit about, um, we were talking about you, you forget what people say, you know, you may forget what someone says, but you don't forget feelings. So like, you know, you could tell me a story and I don't remember your exact words, but I remember how you made me feel. 
And it's interesting because it doesn't matter if it's, you know, fitness or any industry, you're in business, right? And you're going to remember how, you know, a client will remember how you made them feel. I'm out speaking or teaching something. I want people in that, in whatever room I'm talking to, to think that they are the only person there. And that's it. That I'm talking to. And it's difficult. It's not easy. But you want to, again, make people feel that they matter, that they have a say, even if you never hear from them, but they feel that from you. And I think that's so powerful that you've taken this kind of, you've had this thing that could be so terrible and so devastating. And, you know, you could say, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, something like this could happen to, and they turn the other switch and say, well, I've poor me and this and that. I met some really bitter people out there. Absolutely. Some people who've had those hard things and it just, it just, for them, they were done. You know, they just cast it all in and like, that's, that's, that's their, that's their reality. Life doesn't get any better. You know, and my heart breaks for them, you know? Um, but you don't know the angels are out there that can right. still come to them, you know? All right. So here we go. Cause this is fascinating. Fascinating. So you're lying. I'm going back to this again. Mm-hmm. You're lying in the hospital room. What did they say about your head? Did you have surgeries? Yeah. Did you, okay. They, had to, they removed the bullet. Um, where did it go? Uh, it's right here behind my ear in the mastoid area. So okay. just a couple of inches away from my, from my brain. And, Flip um, your and um, the miracle was that even though the police officer was less than 20 feet away from me when he fired the bullet, it was really dark. Um, the bullet got flattened when it hit my when it hit my head instead of going all the way through, which is what it should have done. Um, and that was really the miracle. Um, somehow it just got basically it's like it got stopped in my head. You know, I mean, I always joke it's because I have a Polish head. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to hit you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very hard hitting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it's like you're like Superman. Like you're yeah, made of yeah. like metal. I was gonna say Johnny uh, yeah. Dangerously. Yeah, yeah. Well, cigarette case. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Great. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I'm in a hospital bed. I'm like, what do I, what do I do now? Like, you know, I don't even remember the actual hospital bed. I do, because that was the first time I met this woman, and I'm in there. I'm like on this morphine drip to kill the pain, and this woman comes in. I'm like, you're really cute, <laughs> okay? And I'm like, what's your name? And so, four four months later, I'm at this Halloween party. And I meet this woman, and she's the you know she's the most beautiful eyes. It's just like one of those scenes in a movie where everything else goes dark, and you just see that one person in the room. You know that was her. And from talking to her, it turns out that she was the woman that I met at the hospital. And um, that woman wound up becoming my wife, oh, and now we oh have these kids God. together. Get yeah. the heck out of yeah. here! Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, so, she was your she was your nurse? No, she wasn't my nurse. She oh, was oh, visiting. Oh. She no, was she was visiting. visiting. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, she was there because it was her friend's party that oh, happened. That she was away in Scotland when it happened for her graduation from Rutgers. So when she came back, her friends like, you know, that guy we're trying to set you up with because they're always trying to set her up with me. I didn't know that. Well, she yeah. met me finally, and then um, yeah, we met again four months later. She even she even recognized me because I just, I mean, my face was ripped off, my blood everywhere. And when she saw me, when she was like, "Oh my gosh, that was you!" Like she was shocked. She's like. I thought you'd be like a, you know, on a vegetable by now or something like that, you know? And, uh, you're like, yeah. no, I'm actually I'm like, like a God. What? I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm here for you. <laughs> I, I mean, my jaw is on the floor. Like, when is the movie coming out? <laughs> Seriously. 
Yeah, it's uh, and and she's still just as beautiful. Seventeen years married, you know. It's just, I mean, I'm more in love with her today than like you know every year. It's just more so. It's just that's that that's also the second gift that came along. It's just that, you know. And um, you know, I have two boys that are crazy. I love them because they're my, they're my kind of crazy. You know, like you all know? of our kids are crazy. Yeah, it yeah, runs yeah, in the family. Right, right, yeah, you know, and I'm a crazy pug. You know, that's my third son. <laughs> you know, so yeah, so life is good, and and you know, like it's just, but it's also it's also hard. That's the thing. I don't want to ever be, ever be glib because we've all had those moments where, like, what does it all mean? You know, like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, why have these things happened? And I, these are real things. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't ever want to come to someone being like, it's going to be okay, pat in the back. Yeah. Like, you know, just fuck just, up, just fuck make, up, camper. Yeah, just right. make a vision board. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, you're going to you be know, great. Yeah. Your, yeah. Mon- your mantra's not always going to get you out of bed every yeah. morning. But you... Seriously. Give it your good old college try. I know. It's, you know, like, like I honor wherever they are. Life is hard. It really is. It really is. There are days I'm just like, oh my gosh, no, not again. I, you know, I honestly, like, <laughs> I had one of those days up until today, up yeah. until just now, like until you walk, you guys walked in and we started doing this where I was questioning just about everything. I had yeah. to answer a couple shitty emails and it was like, you know, trying to line something up and it's like, you know. So it was like, Tag you were at today? It, it, was, usually, it was my usually turn. we go back and forth. Christina and I go back and forth yeah. with like, this. Brian, and, what and am I, I was doing like, yeah. with yeah. my life? Like, why don't I like, just yeah. stop? Why don't I just go get a job? That's what I was thinking earlier, you know, and, and that happens, right? Not, not half as much as me as it does with Christine, but it happens. And, uh, I'm with your sister and, you know, and, and now here I am and I'm like, holy shit, I'm doing the right thing. See, I think what you just said there, like the job, I think people, their expectations are getting a job, but I believe in callings. Yes. I believe we're all giving gifts and passions and talents. When those three meet, that's that's your calling. That's the calling. Like, what are you going to do with that now? And I feel like as as maybe as, maybe our schools can do a better job of helping people identify that. You know, our, our families, or whatever the connections are that person has in their world. A lot of times, it's the younger people with their families and with the school systems. And you know, like, how can we help them to see? Or feel. Where their gifts are, you or know. Feel. It's just, you know, what I'm saying like it's just like so much of it is academic, where it's just like you need to a- have all these answers right, mm-hmm. and then you go to college, and then they tell you what to think. They teach and then, you. That's you know, just gonna say that they teach you to think. They don't right. teach you to feel. Right. And that's you know, once we get into feelings, now we can pl- now we can play. Well, the, th- the thing with teaching again, I taught for you know, 15 years, was that I would say to my students, "I am your teacher." I am here to teach you how to think, yeah. not what to think. Yeah. And back in the beginning of time, you know, I guess it still happens, but <clears throat> teachers would just teach you what to think and you would just write it down, yeah. regurgitate answers. Yeah. And, you know, the best, most, you know, the most innovative people out in this world, the inventors, the, the movers, the shakers, the mavericks are the ones that are, you know, sat back and said, I was taught how to think and now I've been taught how to solve problems and how to follow my heart and lead with my talents in the best way possible. And I think that, you know, for many of us, and again, this podcast, we, we joke around sometimes because we talk about, you know, peeling down the layers and, you know, are we just, is this a podcast of just broken people that are, Mm -hmm. that have now come into, you know, this new light, these epiphanies of this is really what life is about. And it's not easy. And some people tell us, I know I've, I always had this, this 
I guess, this oppression from my family of you must get this nine to five job and you must make this money and you must do mm-hmm. this. And it, this is the safe thing to do. And, and always doing what was safe was me. Yeah. And I never really listened to what I really wanted. Yeah. But you still have to provide for your families. And, you know, there is still that, you know, what you should do. That you is, might have to work twice as hard to make right. it happen. Yeah. Right. But you know what? If you're willing to work, it's worth it. And is that your calling? Yeah. Maybe your calling is to work harder, but yeah. in a different exactly avenue. Well, exactly. Once you identify what it is that you're supposed, to, you know, you really need to be doing, like don't stop, like work your butt off, like you know, like um, I love Austin Kearns, the guy of, um, you know, um, what is it, Steal Like an Artist. Okay, he says, you know, where do you find the time when you're working nine to five to be able to pursue your art? He's like, it's like, cha- you know, it's like, it's like loose change. Where do you find it? In your cushions in your couch, you know, yep. underneath your seat in your car. You just collect it. You uh-huh. find those 15 minutes a day, you know, through in between, like on your lunch break or when the kids Fantastic. are outside playing. You just do whatever you can. Every minute you got, by the end of the day, you're going to have two hours you collected to be able to pursue what you want to pursue. But you just got to be diligent and you got to remain sh- like laser, sh- laser focused. Like an eagle's eye, I'm going to see this through. It's worth it because I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this page that I do, this book that I do, like I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's no doubt in my mind because I see the impact it has on people. Like when I've had – I've had people when I'm out there at a meet and greet. So I'm out there at Summerfest in Point Pleasant. I've had people, women picking up my book, looking through the book, reading some stories and then put it down with tears in their eyes. Tears. Tears in their eyes. So we're reading a story. Amazing. I had another woman who just started reading my book and she bought it and I'm like – you know, I'm like – my, 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 my whole thing is just like everyone matters. And I said to her, I was like, you know, you matter too. And all of a sudden she just starts breaking down crying because I told her she matters after she's reading my book. Another woman, you know, just a couple more times that happened that day and other times and, you know, just there's something that happens when people realize they're not alone anymore. So when you're looking through this book and, and you see these stories and there, maybe maybe there's stories in there, there that does not have anything to do with that person, mm-hmm. but they see that they're not alone because everybody has a story. Suddenly there's that connection like, wow, I'm not alone with my own story either. And that's why I say, you know, everyone has a story because everyone has a story. And that's the, that's the, that's the point. And for, and for me, like we're talking about like following your passion, your calling. Sometimes like you're, you think you're supposed to be doing things a certain way. Like when you were going back now to like what I was thinking, like what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. So when I found Jesus, I was like, well, I want to be a pastor. So I went to college for four years to get a Bible degree and a pastoral degree. Four years, okay, now I college. So when you were 29? When I was 31, I started oh, going. Yep. I'm 31 to 35. That's quite the, the change. Okay. What did, what so, did people yeah. say around you? So like they everyone was like, like finally no well okay like, so like a lot of my punk rock friends were like <laughs> the punk rock people who are like so like anti-authority couldn't handle the fact like I was like all of a sudden like yeah he turned on yeah us. yeah you know you, a lot you were of them. gonna go like a lot of them. like yeah. Christian rock you know like the Christian no, rock no, you know, no, they weren't just, down for that I wasn't even to Christian rock still you know I wasn't even like that like I, I hate that category by the way right? <laughs> I, I was thinking if they would I just hate it. you would just like, manipulate your lyrics like no? the whole like, Christian subculture I'm gonna say it on the air and publicly I I just I have no there's no place in my life for that like I want true meaningful life and art the reality of it I don't want it in a bubble yeah. hand it to me so it could be safe I don't want to be safe you know like you know like just blow that bubble up and get rid of it do you know, how, do you know, know? how refreshing that is to hear <laughs> oh my god seriously I, I always tell people like I'm like I'm not one of those kinds of Christians where you have to like duck right. you know like oh my god shield yourself I'm like I'm like no I'm like I'm like one of those weird Christians who just like wants to give you a hug and just be like you know you're awesome you know? I, eat a, I eat a lot of plants and that's how I feel about the vegans yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's okay. like very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I look at so I went. I went for for 
I graduated in 2005, and from 2005 to 2015, I wanted to be a pastor, and like God kept closing those doors, would not open a door, and I just could not get into there. I actually got assessed by a church denomination for to help them with uh, starting a church. Got denied. They told me I'm too weird to be a pastor. Like, what? like it was just like no access whatsoever. Like, we're not even going to touch you. Like, they didn't it, say the word weird. No, no. Like, like I'm, I'm, summi- I'm summarizing yeah, it. No, I'm no, summarizing no, no. it. Yeah, I'm saying the word weird because that's pretty close to what I'm they were like, trying is, to say. I'm like, please like, tell me that's not on a Christian was, yeah, exactly. checklist of yeah. like yeah. weird. No, it's just, it's just like I just yes. didn't fit their I just didn't fit their template of what a Christian should look like. Because I'm, I'm a, I am a different How thinker. I think, I think very differently than a lot of like the, I guess the of you course. know file and rank Christians. Because I lived life. I, I've seen what life looks like on the at that side, and that keeps me grounded. You know, like it's like it's like I stay grounded where I come from, and yet I have the hope that it fills my heart because of that relationship I have with God through Jesus. So I keep those two clearly closely together. But I'm not looking to try to become like some saint. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Which is mm-hmm. what they want you to be. So what ended up happening was 2015. We're fast forwarding, but this is where we are now, okay? Yeah. From the hospital, like, what am I going to do with my life to 2015 not knowing? So we're talking like, how, I didn't, I'm not 99 to 2015, almost 20 years. You know, it's like tw- 16, 16 years, years yeah. right? I, I can't do math. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so 16 years of not getting the answer. And I'm, I'm, I'm like depressed. It's June. I just turned whatever that age was uh-huh. um, in 2015. I'm just like... Well, you know what? I got my first iPhone. I'm going to start taking pictures of things that I feel find are beautiful because I do believe there's a God who's so beauty in this world. I'm just going to start showing it to my friends. And my friends are like flipping out. And they're like, your photography is amazing. I never knew that. I was always a musician. You know, I never saw things before. Mm-hmm. But um, after a few months of that, I was just like, well, if anybody has a used camera or they do want to sell me, I have like 20 bucks. I'll buy it from you. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I mean, so like then a week later um, in my a UPS truck comes to my house and, and there was a box. I open it up and brand new in the box um, was a Nikon D3200 uh, DSLR camera. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and that's when I was just like, I guess I'm supposed to be doing photography. You know, like, I, and I didn't know who it was. It was Did anonymous. A year later, it was from a couple that my wife and I had met five years earlier in Cape Cod that we shared a bed and breakfast with. They were in one room or another room, became friends, and we stayed in touch through Facebook. And they haven't seen them since. And uh, they sent me that camera. Like like kind of a pay it forward kind of thing. You know? Wow. It was amazing. For me, that was a sign from God. You're supposed to be doing photography. After I started doing a lot of landscapes and just getting to know the camera, my friends were like pushing me. You know, Liza Keller, if you hear this, you know who you are. <laughs> um, and uh, just like go meet people. That's who you are. You're a people person. And um, so – yeah, I started that with the imam, and we're going to be at three years this August. Got a book out, and um, just for me, it's just like it's just I'm just I'm just starting too, you know. Like and now I'm on your awesome podcast, you know. So, you know, New Jersey Twelve did a thing on me recently, and you know, been in newspapers, whatever. But mm-hmm. the whole thing for me is just the joy of meeting people, you know. I, I could care less if I have a book or accolades, or whatever. I just want to know who are you, you know, what's going on with you, what's up, you know, and uh, and then I share it. So that's that's the thing. Like for me, amazing. I, I was told no to be a pastor because I, I really believe that God's like, you're going to be beyond that. You're just going to go out there. And he's going to share the love to people that never would go into a church. You're that, making an impact. You know, that would have yeah. like pigeonholed you into nah. just being whatever you would. So behind my you yeah, know, pulpit like where people would sit down and listen to me. Whoever was under that roof at that time. So instead know? of preaching at people, I listen to people. That's, that's the difference. That's the way. You know? 
I just, I, I think it's so amazing. And again, for our listeners that you are making such an impact. The fact that you have this, you have this platform now, you have this book, people are hearing about you. And this is again, maybe it's your second, third, fourth effort of, you know, who am I? You know, it's, it's funny. I just did a Facebook live that was like, who are you? Because people ask me all the time, like, so like, what do you do? And I mean, and it's like, well, I podcast and I also speak and, but I also like train and, but everything is connected. Yes, it is. And it's all about meeting people. And I keep telling them, and I said, what do you do? I connect people. Exactly. That literally, and I kind of, but then like, what do you do for work? I'm like, just, (laughs) it's really complicated, but I, I like connecting people and, you know, and networking and, kind of putting I always say it's like you know drawing the lines you know like it's like a solar system you know you're kind of you're you're trying to put everything together you're not really sure what you know what my exact end goal is but yeah. at the end of the day you're here to inspire people and yeah. with this book like you said people come up they they read certain passages i mean i'd like everyone seriously would you not read passages and buy the whole damn book that's what i'm going to tell you right now oh it's going but up but second um the fact that you know you could you see this you see these beautiful souls almost that you're drawn to for some reason just like you know why the hell was i drawn to you know your book and say you know i had something else to go to that night and you know and i'm like screw it i'm like i'm going to go late to wherever you know, I drag my, my, I'm like, get in the car, Lauren. And I'm like, we're going to, where are we going? I'm like, we're going to go meet somebody. And she's like, you know, it, there's things that draw you for some reason. You don't know why I never followed it before in my life. Aside from the past couple of years, I started following that. Why am I drawn to this person? Like, why do I feel like I need to show up here for some reason? What? And it's that, like you said, you know, do you have regret and you regret this or that? I hope you don't feel regret about however, what, what of a train wreck you thought you were when you were younger. Cause you needed that. Mm. You needed that to have the compassion and the empathy. And I call it the Hester print effect where, you know, you have to go through something in order to learn so much more about yourself mm. and then share that with other people who need it. Yeah. And that's why everyone's crying and they're so touched. And, you know, even why I was like, Brian, I can't wait for you to meet Gregory. I said, cause he's just, he will give people this, you know, this amazing story and this amazing, you know, kind of inspiration to others. And again, we talk to people that, you know, they want changes in their body. Well, you want changes in your body. It starts with your mind. What have you been through? What have you, what have you experienced? And now how can we help you? Yes. And again, we make our living obviously helping other people. Yes. But it's not just physical. I mean, you're physical. Obviously, you've had issues physically, especially after going through what you went through. But hey, you could have easily been like given up mentally yeah. and you didn't. Yeah. You chose to fight. And now your fighting is helping other people. So I'm going to tell you, even though you're saying making other people matter, you matter so much that you can never stop. There you go. You can't so. stop. Thank so if you. you ever have a doubt, you call up Brian and I. We'll give you a swift <laughs> kick in the ass, okay? There I'll you go. I'll tell you what. I'll go. If you come out with me sometime, Brian. I would love it. And I'll go with you on a run sometime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Deal. We'll do that, Done. right? Madison, and the same thing with you? Madison awesome. Reservoir. Okay. Awesome. That's That'd be spot. great. I'll, I'll probably die. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, no, no, no. I, I got to get in shape, so I would love to hang out with you guys sometime, too. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. I, have a, I have a question. How do you ever... 
see. I mean, you can see it. When people open up the floodgates, it's evident that it's all coming out. Do you see people holding back and know that they're not giving you everything or they know or you kind of know that whatever it is that they're telling you isn't the thing? I've had situations like that. Um, So that's one of the few times that we'll talk is when I see somebody is just not forthcoming and then I'll just share about myself. Yeah. Um, and I'll just take maybe two or three minutes to give a summary about where I've been from. And then that's when like, yeah, you know, I'm homeless right now. Um, one story I will share with you, I was, and it's not in my book and it's cause I'm honoring this person's request not to have his picture out there. But, uh, I was in Keyport and I love Keyport. It's a beautiful town, but I have, where I was in the downtown, I couldn't find a public bathroom anywhere. So I'm getting a slice of pizza to pay to use the bathroom, okay? Because, <laughs> like, you could only use the bathroom if you pay for the slice of pizza. I was like, give them five bucks. And I'm like, okay, well, I have a slice of pizza now. I don't want to – I don't need it. I'm not hungry, but maybe there's somebody who needs it. So I could go down by the waterfront, and I'm, I'm literally praying to God. God, is there anybody who would need a slice of pizza? <clears throat> so I go to this gazebo, and this is this big – guy who turns out to be a construction worker who's sitting there. I'm just talking to him. I slice a piece of next, next to me and he's just going on and on and on about his work and, and all the stuff that he does and, and everything. <clears throat> and I want to interview him, but he doesn't really want to be interviewed. So, um, I just start sharing about my story and about where I'm at, you know? And, um, all of a sudden he just goes, I'm telling you, I was used to be homeless and everything. He's just like, Oh wow. He's you know, I'm homeless right now and I have, I'm living in my van, you know, and, and I've had a problem with my, with my ex-wife and I have, she kicked me out of the house. I have nowhere to live and he hasn't worked in a while. All those stories telling me about his work was from the past. He's just really hard up because I shared my story. He opened up, you know, and he shared his story with me. I didn't record it. I, I mean, I recorded it, but I didn't take his picture because he asked me not to. He was very ashamed because he's from the area. But lo and behold, he was hungry. I was able to give him my slice of pizza. God answered my prayer. A person who looked completely like just like a regular everyday human being was homeless and he needed a slice of pizza. So I used that. <clears throat> but it goes back to saying he wasn't forthcoming. He was just like going on and on about how great what great life was. But and you're right. This is where it comes back to you, what you're saying, Christine. Because of my past, and you're so right, I was able to make a connection with that guy who was really hurting. And we had that connection and I was able to give that just in a small way, just give some dignity to him. And, you know, I, I hugged the guy, you know, I, I prayed with him. Um, I don't know where he is today. I have no idea what's, what's going on in his life, but I hope he's doing okay now. You know, um, he seemed like the kind of person who would work very hard if not given an opportunity. So, <clears throat> sorry. Yes. Um, to go back, there are definitely times when people aren't forthcoming, but the one wild card I have is my own story. And then, yeah, then people really do make that connection. The, the reason that I asked you that is because it's often the case with me. Mm. I, I'm talking to them and, I, you know, we're just chatting and, and you can tell that whatever that they're – the problem isn't really the problem. Yeah. You know, whatever it is that they're looking to address or, you know, what, they all want to change certain things. They want to be healthier. That's why they're, <clears throat> they talk to me, either in a gym setting or in, you know, in, a, in the office here that, uh, you know, it's, and you just kind of speak to them and, and – get them on the right track and eating better and all those things, but really thinking better and, and, and going inside, uh, you know, in, inside to their feelings. And, you know, it's just, 
kind of like you're getting things out of people, but sometimes they're not getting the one thing that if you know that yeah. they opened up about it or the yeah. one thing that they that you know if they felt comfortable talking about it, it would be a huge relief for yeah. them to, to kind of get it out. Yeah, the core of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Okay, we've talked about that. Now what really? What's yeah. it really? And, uh, you know, I just think that it that it's interesting and, and – um, you know, they might give you a little something. People give me a little something, mm-hmm. yeah, almost as if to satisfy the mm-hmm. question, yeah, but not really address the issue or you know whatever the issue, the problem. I hate those yeah. words. You yeah. know, it's just like whatever the the you know the life circumstances that have. Why are you, you here? Know, yeah, and and uh, I think a lot of times that it is those things. You know, it is. Um, you know, a lot of people hold on to weight because of things that happened to them when they were younger, or you know, you know, uh, uh, with the way they grew up, or you know, abusive relationships relationships or hardships money struggles any of those things you know that's yeah. unhealthy like they yeah. can be very unhealthy trauma can yeah be really, those, exactly yeah. and uh i i just um you know I, I see that and like i said you know with my my kids you know you're gonna have to try really hard to get one over <laughs> on the old man like yeah. like come on here like yeah. you're here <laughs> you know you're here and you know you want to be here you want to be better yeah. Like we got to go all the way. And that's things that I learned in my recovery. You know, like if I want to really get the good stuff, yeah. I've got to go address Deep. the bad stuff and, and, uh, you know, and, and be okay with it and, and take the lump and, and, and it's a, trust though. It comes down to yes. them realizing that you're safe and that they can trust you. Yes. You know, and you have a very trustworthy face. You do too. You know, I mean, that's why you have this podcast. That's why you're able to do what you do, mm-hmm. you know, because you have that quality about you. People feel very relaxed and comfortable talking to. Um, <clears throat> it is, um, it is, there is a, it's a certain kind of gift that you have. It's an art to it. A able to help people to feel relaxed around you. It has to, to be with up. you. I mean, you're going to take their picture. You're going to publish it. I mean, it has I to be a trust. Them. Yeah. It, it has to be with you. Yeah. I, 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 um, I, for me, I really believe that that person is a friend that I've never met yet. And so when I approach them, I f- feel comfortable with, with them immediately. Um, like there's this one person in here. Um, I'll show you his picture. It's right here at the beginning. Um, and this person, he has a tattoo on his face. And um, right here, you can see this gentleman right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that you would think is a gangster. Stay away from him. He looks like trouble. Okay. And when I approached him, you know, I approached him just like I would approach you or my own family. Just, you know, what was one of the most difficult moments of your life was the question I ultimately got to. And what he shared with me was how when his family was having a barbecue, this guy came by their house. It was in the barbecues in the front of their house. And they're looking for Ega, which was his cousin. So Ega comes down the stairs, comes out to the barbecue, and the guy was asking for him, takes out a gun and blows his head off right there in front of him and his entire family. And the tattoos on his face are to honor his cousin, his cousin who lost his life. He's not a gangbanger. He's not, you know, yeah. he just, that's his, that's his life, you know? And I'm mean, just like talking to him in tears and, and we're hugging, you know, and just like, because I don't judge anybody before I talk to them. I don't assume anything about them. I just want to be their friends. I just want them to know they're safe. And my face is just like how you see me right now. You know, just like, what's going on? You know, and that's the thing. People, when they realize you really do want to know, they're so relieved. They're without, so relieved. without a, also, you want to know, and there's no like, oh, well, there's I no just motive. want to know. Right. Yeah, there's no motive. It's, it's like, a, I want to know because, you know, you've gotten to a place in your life where, 
you understand that people, like you said, people need to feel that they matter. And just by saying something out and, and putting it out into the universe, yeah. it, it's almost healing. It is healing. It's it very is. healing. It is, yes. So then at least whether no one hears it or not, like sometimes I'll go home and I'll say something. I might even say something to Brian or I'll say something to my husband and I'll say like, I'm just going to say this out loud mm-hmm. just to say it out loud. Get it out there. Yep. Because I'm going to throw it out to the universe, whether it's bad or good. Yeah. I'm just going to say this. I'll say it once and I'll be done with it. Um, We know what I was wondering too, and I know this as a, as a teacher for a long time, many times I would have students or even friends, it could be anyone where, you know, you're hearing these very, very moving stories. Um, How do you deal with, you know, when, when you leave these people, like the, the man who was homeless or, you know, I mean, you leave, it's not like you can bring everyone in or feed everyone or I, I it's like I, feeding all the stray cats. And yeah. I think we all have our ways of, of dealing with that because you're, you're, again, you're taking on a lot. How is it that you handle yeah, some thank of you. these things? It's a very thoughtful question. Um, well, first of all, I interview people ranging from as far north as Sandy Hook all the way down to Cape May. So I don't even literally, I literally don't even have the capacity in any way, shape or form physically to care about people who are home. I care about them emotionally right. immensely, but I can't actually take care of them. And this is New you Jersey know, for our listeners too. Yeah. All over the okay, place. This very is a pretty good. big It's It's, um, it's ranging area. basically 120 mile stretch. Yeah. Okay. It really is. Um, probably a little bit more. Because people down and really in Cape May will say they're not exit zero, they're below exit zero. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. but so so I can't I can't actually essentially take care of them, um, and I wish I could. It hurts. There are there are times when I've met people, <clears throat> like the first time I met a young woman who was twenty years old, who was a daughter, uh, who was I think two years old, who was raped at a party the month before she met me told me about it i was up all weekend i couldn't sleep that whole weekend there's someone who would do that to her you know um and i came very close to putting her in the book but she was so young even though she said it was okay she's still so young and i just felt like you know she could turn 30 40 and be like i don't i don't know how i feel about my story being out there like that's because even though even though her part of her face was cut off i still just i wanted to protect her right I'm very, very protective of my subjects, of these people. I mean, extremely protective. If anybody has anything at all to say about my subjects, they have to go through me first when I post it out there. But to answer your question, it can, it can, it can be staggeringly hard at times. Like there's a story about a family <clears throat> in here. And this will be the last story I'll share. I met them when a little girl was walking her Shiba Inu. And the mom saw the picture, and she said, "It was a beautiful picture. Can can you can you photograph the entire family? Can you meet us again?" Um, her father, my husband, has stage four colon cancer. And this is in Asbury Park. They live up north. And they, and I said, "Of course, of course, I'll, uh, you know." Yeah. So I, I met them, and I got to know them. And I became friends with them. You know, not like having them over all the time for dinner, but we just stayed friends on Facebook and and just talking. And I stayed close to him just to make sure he was okay to ask and stuff like that. And um, for Colin Awareness Day, you know, I was posted about their story. And you just, you know, let people know he's doing okay. And met with the whole family one more time. I gave them a, the, a printout of the picture I took of the family, which is in the book, um, as a gift. It was like 11 by 14 picture of the whole family, a beautiful sunset picture. 
that was in the fall. And then the next summer I was on vacation and uh, we were out in the mountains um, for a week. Um, just I was unplugged. I didn't want to be anywhere near social media for that week. My admin was running the page when I got a message that um, that the father had passed away the day before to colon cancer. And um, I was devastated. Um, that was one of the hardest things because I, ne- I never would have even met this family if it wasn't for what I do. And I'm so thankful I was able to honor that family through the work that I do. They're in my book. They, they, they were I consider them family to me. But to know that he lost that battle just devastated me. Um, and there are other times, other situations I met people like a man with schizophrenia who says he has no friends and I'm the only friend he has now. You know, it's hard. Um, so I take it home with me and, and then I have to talk about it with my wife. I pray for them and I got to get up and go back out and meet more people. I can't let it stop me, you know, but it's hard. Um, I just know it helps knowing that I'm honoring them with the gift of being able to share their story that they're not alone anymore because there are people out there that are following it that are going to pray for them and they're going to reach out to them through their comments on the posts that I share, you know, letting them know that they're not alone. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question and I hope I did. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you did. Okay. Yeah, certainly. And, and it's just getting back to that, you know, the word that I was thinking of is value. You know, it, 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 yeah. it, it you know, f- having those emotions provides you with, the you know the they're valuable emotions yeah. they're not not always you know sometimes we look at it like you know we do political parties it's this or that or you know religions this or that or you know it's positive or negative it's not necessarily a positive emotion but you know it's definitely something that provides you with value like we have to feel that way yeah you know we don't know good times without feeling those yeah. things and you've certainly provided them with value they're yeah. better for knowing you Thank you. you know those people for certain and. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's really just kind of comes back to, to everything. Like there's really just nothing, it might seem bad and it's not a comfortable, cozy feeling, but yeah. it's a, it's, it's, uh, you know, something that'll move you. Yeah. 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 No, you're living. Yeah. This yeah. is an experience. You're yeah. giving people again. I mean, you're, you're also feeling it as well, but these are experiences. You're sharing experiences. You're sharing snapshots and I used to teach a lot of poetry where some poetry poetry, you would understand some poetry you'd be like what in the hell is this but there was certain poetry I would teach where people would be like someone got paid for this and I said you need to look at the poetry as not a story Mm -hmm. but a snapshot into a picture into someone's life and it seems like that's kind of what you're doing now giving someone a snapshot into the world of Hey, here's what's out here. Here, Look at these people. And through those snapshots, you're capturing emotion. That is a powerful thing. That is a gift because not everyone can do that. Some people can draw beautiful artwork. Some people can perform amazing music. Some people can just be a good friend. And you now have this gift, this ability to go up to people, meet people, and they trust you. This, I mean, really, this is huge. And you talk about, you know, finding religion. I mean, you are that disciple now that is, you know, going out there and really speaking the word of, you know, for you, it's a word of God. And for other people, it's hope. You're, you're really, your hope incarnate is what you're doing and giving that to people. And I think when I'd ask you about how you deal with it, um, I hope that you're finding, you know, some sort of 
you know, I guess some sort of peace in the fact that you are giving these families some sort of joy. And that has to be, that's amazing. And again, it's, it's just something that, you know, again, Brian and I talk about a lot about fitness and movement and, you know, we definitely go out running to run the burn, to, to kind of burn the crazy off sometimes, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, feel good. Well, when I go out there to to meet people, that's my therapy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like for me, like that is, that's my church. That brings me closer to God, and it has to be at the shore because the ocean yeah. is like the the cathedral. Okay, wow. you know, like the sh- like, and then to be able to go out there and meet people, and it's just like that to me is like you know your meditation, your prayer, your whatever it is that brings you that peace. I get a little bit crazy if I don't go out there and right. get that that you know same thing with you guys when you're doing your exercise. Yeah. You, you you feel it if you don't do it for a couple of days. We you know, need just, our clients and the people we work with yeah. sometimes just as much as they need us. Yeah, yeah, and that's when you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. The people that. I mean, there's always going to be people, I'm sure, same thing you said, there's always going to be people that are like, you don't know what you're talking about, or that's this, that's, <laughs> or we're not taking you seriously, and or the people who don't fully answer you, like Brian, you're saying before, like, you yeah. know, I mean, I know people when they're holding back to, you're like, yeah. okay, you're, oh, okay, you're, you like your job, everything's good, your marriage is good, your <laughs> right, right. food is good. Yeah. I'm like, is there another word besides good? Because I'm not believing you. You know what the most common answer is when someone's trying to evade my question was most difficult moment of their life? And I hate to say this to all the grandparents out there, this is nothing personal, but you know, my grandmother died, my great-grandmother died, my great-great-great-great-great-grandmother died when I was two. Right. You know, it was really hard. That's you know, like and, what and, I tell and, my kids they can't know, write their college essays yeah, on when right, I was teaching for so yeah. long. I'm like, everyone's grandma died. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like special. life's layup. And then I say to them, I say, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it must have been really hard for your whole family. But what about you personally? Right. What was your hardest moment? And all of a sudden, like, their face is like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, he's not accepting that for an answer, you know? Because I heard it. I heard it. I get it. Okay, I'm Or really if sorry. that was the you worst. If, if it was, yeah. Then your life yeah. must be like. yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, then I asked one more question. There's one in my pocket. What do you regret most in your life? Or if you had one more do-over, what would it be? Wow. You know? So then like, it's like completely out of blue and they're like caught off guard. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, I haven't thought about that. So, yeah. Because we all have things that we, we would like to do over again. And sometimes we just uh, be able to get it out there. So you know? what's what's the future look like for you? What are you, what are you yeah. imagining right now? So, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, it's the photography element of it. I, I want to... I'm really proud of the work that's in the book and I really study photography as my art form, but I want to try to do something a little bit different with it. And I'm not sure if I wanted to do it like even like a more like a, just like a close up of just like faces or more wide shots where like they're even more like swallowed in their environment. So it's like maybe like somebody like being in the middle of like a boardwalk with people passing them all around and they're just like in the middle of that and that's mm-hmm. their snapshot. You know, or somebody like on a bench with people walking past them and like there they are in the middle of all of that. Or somebody in the beach with like the huge ocean behind them, the big beach behind them is like swallowed by the landscape of like this awesomeness. So I'm, I'm playing around with like different kind of elements like artistically. Like how do I want to convey what I see in what is a, being a human because being a human can be really lonely. You can get, you can get lost in the, in the, just the life itself, which is where I you think about pulling back and having to be in the middle of everything mm-hmm. and just in the big swirling masses. Or do I want to really capture the textures of the person who's sharing these stories where you can just like see like the actual soul on their face, you know, like, do, you know, which, which way do I want to go? So I'm really playing around with that because I'm thinking of my second book already. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm already thinking, no, I am, I'm, I'm being excited you, for it, you know, but it won't, won't be out until like 2020, like you know, 2021. But like, I'm thinking like, what do I want this book to look like? 
So when people are looking through it, like you know, right now it's just like it's pretty much like you know they're 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 in their environment. Like you know, he's in front of a door. Like they're in front of like oh, that's the family, by the way, the father <sighs> who passed away. I've I've read that story. You did, yeah. yeah okay. I read it when you put okay. it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. It's, wow. Really. Yeah. I'm no, really, I knew exactly really what you're talking about. Touched by that. Thank you. I, I, okay, thank you. Yeah, um, it's everywhere. I, wow, I have to tell yeah. you that. Maybe you don't, you know, yeah, do I'm I, sure I, you do. I, no, I don't because I don't really pay attention to that stuff. You know, I try yeah. not to, you know, I mean. I just, oh, it's fascinating. It's uh, one of the most fascinating fa- Facebook pages and Instagram pages that, that there is. Thank you. Um, I, I, um, I, everyone knows Because it, it just it draws, you know, it, it draws you in. So thank you. Um, You're welcome. Enough about that, though. It just, uh, I, uh, well, what was I this. saying? Well, yeah. Let's do this. How do people get the book? How do they find yeah. you? I'm going to keep it really simple. Go. Five letters. www.potjs.com. Portraits of the Jersey Shore. The initials. Potjs.com. My website. And you can go right on there. And uh, the first thing you'll see is like, you know, click here to buy the book. Really, really simple. Um, to follow me, it's Facebook, Portraits of the Jersey Shore, Instagram, Portraits of the Jersey Shore. Um, my middle name is Portraits of the Jersey Shore. You know, so, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it used to be John. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's really just fantastic. I, I mean, we can't thank you enough for, for coming in. And, and I mean, my jaw's been on the ground for half the interview because uh, it's just it's fascinating. And, and just the way that the connections and and how this happened and then this happens and then you know you get hit by a bullet and then you meet your wife you know and now you have the children and and you know, then you go uh, to school to uh, be a priest and they tell you you're weird <laughs> <laughs> I, I wear as a badge of honor i do i think the coolest thing wait in the you world. forgot the band you forgot about the band uh, yeah, punk rock band yeah, the, they, punk yeah, the punk rockers kicked me out the church kicked me out you know so now i just look at the whole world my friend you know so uh yeah you know what thank goodness for your weirdness <laughs> You know what? Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Are you Own having it. Are you having fun? I'm having a blast. Awesome. I have never been happier in my life. 28 years of hell, 15 years of like what the hell am I going to do with my life and now I'm just like, oh my gosh, like all of that was worth it. Like I'm so peaceful and happy and thankful. Gratitude is an incredibly important part of my life. Amazing. Amazing. Right? And and one other thing for people who are listening to this, Go. nothing you experience is meaningless. Nothing you have, have endured or anything that you're experiencing now is without purpose and without hope. You can always turn to God and to pray to him to help you through it. You can always just know that your story is being written. Your chapter is not over. Your, your book is not over. There's another page to be turned. What you do with that page, how you turn that page, when you turn that page is up to you. But you're not alone. You're never going to be alone. You're always going to have people you can turn to. So don't ever give up hope. Okay, I have three words. Drop <laughs> the mic. Gregory, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Can't, I, can't thank you enough. I am honored. I really am honored. Thank you so much for having me. So you have an open invitation. Come back. <laughs> Again, you know, we, Seriously. Did, we did an hour and... 15 minutes or so and uh seemed like about 10 minutes and we got and so we much can more do this every week if you want for real for real so with that said gregory thank you so very much for coming and hanging out with two fit crazies and a microphone today and um my name is christine conti and i'm brian prendergast and we are two fit crazies and a microphone we are where it's at a peace cue up back